He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. You can find the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and uh, we are on awkwardwithevan.com is the website, and at awkwardwithevan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, pardon the typing. My wife is updating our holiday card list where giving some people the axe, and adding in some new friends. Uh, I am here because we are having a requiem, a tribute, if you will, for Mike Francesa this episode. My Facebook friend is Mark Mongo, a.k.a. Mark Baldwin, a.k.a. uh, Mark in Jersey. But before I get Mark on, I wanted to speak with my wife because she wanted to come back on the podcast. And she's looking at me right now like, why are you making me do this? Because, friend... You can talk into that side because that side is going to pick you up as well. Hello. My name is Wife. Oh, so what did you think of Mike Francesa's final address to his audience? It was very sad, especially the very end when he said goodbye. It left me wanting and with an emptiness inside and a void in my heart. And you've given me a lot of garbage for listening to Mike Francesa. You've um, prevented me from listening to him in the that's, car many, many occasions. I've not given you. What did you say? What did you say? I don't know. I've given you what? Give me a lot of, I don't know, comeuppance? I don't think that's what you said. I don't care. I've given you what? While you haven't been tolerant of my listening to that's my friends. That's not true. See, you're lying to your listeners. It's not true. No. You know what? In the car. First of all, no, by listeners, no, you say no. there's more than one listener to the podcast. So thank you for flattering <laughs> yes, me with my well, audience. And thank you to all your many listeners. <laughs> um, listen, here's the deal, Evan. Yep. I never stopped or hindered you. When you were by yourself. Is that correct? Sure. When I'm in the car, I like to listen to Pink. And you allowed me to the other night, which was really nice. And I like to listen to uh, The Lion King because that's what Beckett likes. This is off topic. Now, going back to Mike Francesa, Mm -hmm. do you feel disappointed you have not yet had the opportunity to meet him or speak with him? No. I cannot say that I feel that. Well, do you feel like you will in the future? I feel like I'd really like to meet Ro. Ro, his wife, Ro. Because <laughs> she was the final caller because to Because she show. was the woman behind the man. Right. Left. Okay. What are your favorite friends? Now, you do a Mike Frances impersonation. I do, but you know, I've realized over time that it's not that good. Oh. But I'm willing to do it here. Give me the best Mike Francesa you can do. I got it, got it, got it, baseball. I got a bit of uh, basketball. I got a, uh, football. And then he gets really angry, which one day I would like to work on and do you an, an acting class. I will. I will bring a monologue. I still want you to do the CM Punk pipe bomb promo. Listen, if you type it up for me, okay. I will do it. Okay. I probably won't do it. You're going to do it. That's Do it for the good of America. What are your favorite Mike Francesa calls um, that I've played you? At Back After This, put out the top 10 calls of the year. What were your favorites? Back After This. Back After This. My favorite calls were the um, homosexual uh, uh, man who auditioned for the Knicks 
and didn't get a call back because of the discrimination against gays in the NBA. And he was talking about getting more popularity for, through the WNBA. I think he was implying that male players that were gay should play for the WNBA. That's what my understanding was. <laughs> it was very peculiar. And um, yeah. And then he said that he made 40 points, 60 points, 40, 40, 40 points, points a game, game at St. John's. Yeah. It was just a brilliant phone call overall. <laughs> I could listen to it over and over. What about the Michael call? Michael. That was amazing too. I actually would like to listen to that as soon as we finish. Okay. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you call me Michael one more time. Michael. Um, so good. What about his rant, recent rant about Ben McAdoo being fired? That was one of my favorite things to ever listen to, but it also made me exceptionally uncomfortable because he was so angry. So it was like – Really interesting and funny and fun and also a little bit scary. Okay. 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 Um, what did you think of my Mike Francesa song? you think I rehearsed it enough before I went to Francesa Con with that song? Was I playing it not enough for your – It's just fine how many times you played it. Yeah. You didn't bother me with it or anything. Well, before You're March I played it a lot. Some- Thing that I didn't like, but um, I only don't like if you. I like to create the oppression that comes things. from you, whether it's I know, real or it's fictional. Funny. It's fictional. It gives me something to overcome. Well, then I won't take that away from you. I'll just give you more things. Oh. I'll oppress you more for real, so that you have more things to for real overcome. Oh God. Okay. Well, wife. No, you can't kick me off now. You have to talk <laughs> to me about some other topics. I want to get Mark's interview. Mark Baldwin sat with me for 40 minutes at Devin's <laughs> house today, and we had a nice conversation. It was very pleasant. He came over to Devin's house? No, he came. We were on right, Skype. Right. He's mm-hmm. from Jersey. Okay. Well, yeah. then he didn't come over to Devin's house. You didn't sit I, with him. I went over to Devin's house yeah, to record but it. but he didn't sit with you at Devin's house. No, he did not. No, he didn't. He so went you to should his try not home to lie. office to you speak You should try to me. speak the truth rather than telling... Half-truths or lies. I'm giving performances. I'm not here to like – it's not about real or fiction. You want to give the best performance you can when you host a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So um, I'm going to get to the interview now. Is that OK with you? Stop. Get away <laughs> from me. OK. This is my interview with Mark Baldwin, a.k.a. Mark Mongo on Socially Awkward with Evan Excel. <laughs> Freak. Give me a kiss. Guys, it's a very special episode. Um, I have recruited a member of the Mongo Nation High Council. If you know what, don't know what Mongo Nation is, it is uh, the fan base of Mike Francesa. And uh, we're discussing his recent uh, departure, but it's not about him. Well, it will be mostly about him. Uh, but it's also going to be about this guy, Mark Mongo, a.k.a. Mark Baldwin from New Jersey. How are you, Mark? Good, Evan. How good, you doing, man? Good, man. Good Welcome. Awesome. Thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this. Yeah, I wanted to do something around the time of him leaving the airwaves. I don't know how it feels like. I want to release this around 1 p.m. on Monday so that, you know, okay. if they don't want to listen to the next thing, they can listen to us. <laughs> we're going to we're going to hold it hold it out for another like however many minutes we go. Okay. Cool. There you go. Why not? Um, so first, I guess my first question to you is the question that was asked to to Mike during the Mike and the Mad Dog reunion: Is are you worried? Are you worried right now? <laughs> I'm not worried because we saw this coming for a long time. You know, we okay. had two and a half years to prepare. So uh, 
not worried. Um, I'm definitely disappointed that, you know, Monday at one or the next time something big happens, we're not going to have Mike there to, to give us that, that yeah. moment, that <laughs> the, the monologue, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm really confident that he's going to do something that's going to be even better. And, and yeah. you know, I think the scarcity, I think maybe even if he did something that's like an hour, two, three hours a week, it, right. it might even be better. It might be something where you like cherish that little piece of time right there, you know, and, and he can even shine a little bit differently, so to speak. So, yeah. So let's let's fantasy book this. This is what us wrestling fans call fantasy booking. We like to fantasy book the matches we want to see. Let's fantasy okay. book where, where we want to see Mike next. Where do you want to let's fantasy book him? Well, I think the one thing that's most important about what's going to happen with his next show is the callers. Yeah. Because I think you need it needs to be a call-in show. I don't think you can do like a guest-driven type of a show. I think right. Mike interacting with the callers is something that we've been very accustomed to. And I think that that's going to be a big part of what happens. Um, so whether that's like a, some kind of a podcast forum or serious XM type of scenario, yeah. I think that that's something that's going to be critical to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you did you like when he did had that NBC show on late at night, like the Mike Don thing with like Bruce Beck would take over? Were you a fan? I, he looked so awkward, like sitting in a in a in a couch with just yeah. like helmets. I don't know. It was a different thing, and it was a good way to kind of wrap up Sunday at one. Yeah. You know, Sunday the Sunday um, slate of games and everything, and uh, you know, mushing the Yankees during the 2004 ALCS. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? You remember that story where no. he. He told the producer before they went on the air, oh, yeah. the Yankees were about to clinch game four. And he goes, let me know when they win. Ha. And, <laughs> and then it all went downhill from there. That's a funny story that he's told a couple of times. But yeah, but uh, no, I like that show. And I think what, what I would ultimately like to see him do, if you really want to go fantasy booking, yeah. is like we joked about it a couple of weeks ago, like the Today Show became open. Like I'd like, <laughs> to see him do, I'd like to see him do like a variety, like daily, or like, like a show where it's like, What's the topic du jour? You know, like what's going on in the world? Let's like <laughs> politics, technology, pop culture, like all of that stuff would be tremendous. Because Mike is the best when he's not talking about sports. You know, like mix in some sports, but mix in some other guests and like yeah. different stuff. I think that would be freaking awesome. Like, what if what if we had Mike riff about like the Me Too stuff? Like, how do you think he'd riff on like Hollywood sexual harassment? What do you think? Oh, uh, he would be getting some definite play on his takes, <laughs> on stuff like that. Okay, I don't understand what you talk. I don't understand what me too. I mean, what does that even mean? You know, like, it would be back to like the the paternity leave stuff where he was getting like trashed in the in yeah. the media. But I, I don't know. I could think I could see him doing a lot of that stuff. I think he's smart. He's smart. He knows when to say the right thing and when to yeah. just speak his mind and not worry about what the right thing is. You know, not worried. Um, what's would you see him do something with the ringer? You think? I think it's a huge possibility. Yeah. I think the ringer definitely use a boost right. as we know, and they've been a little bit tough to get off the ground. I mean, it's tough to get a whole brand up and running. I you mean, know? So- Bill Sims has a huge following. Like if you look at his like followers, like it's amazingly huge. Um, but it's a it's cool a number, yeah. but it's a matter of how engaged they are. It's not right. just about the quantity. Sometimes it's about the quality, right? you know? And um, I, I think they're not very engaged, you know? So which is, which is an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, I think Bill likes to do his podcast and he likes to have to have like, you know, celebrities he likes on all the time. But, you know, it's, you know, he shows up at Tilla Center and he's just talking about Yankee Red Sox and Patriots and Celtics all the time. It always has a tie back to his town, which, you know. Right. And Boston is a very 
small market compared to the rest of the country. Um, <laughs> an international media scenario and then it's tough to just go off of that old school Boston brand. Right. You know? I do look forward to his Andre the Giant <clears throat> documentary, but we'll see if Mike Mike does ringer stuff. Um I would like to see Mike host Monday Night Raw for one one episode. I think <laughs> what is the like his kids will like make him do it. Like if if John Stewart's son can make John Stewart appear on on hey. SummerSlam, I think maybe we can get Mike. We can h- give him a hookup. We'll I, see. I think Mike's kids have a big influence on him, so we'll see. <laughs> that that will relate to what my next thing is. I would want to do with Mike. If uh, well, first you see another Francesicon in the future. I think it's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't talked to the guys about it since last year. Right. Um, I think if Mike reaches out to them and says, "Let's do it," that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, considering that Francisicon is traditionally like that March timeline right there, right. or like they've done it in the last March, right? That it would be perfect right ahead of April first when he's going to be relaunching whatever he's going to launch. I think it could actually be the biggest demand of all of them, especially because we haven't heard Mike in three months. Sure. And all of a sudden, he comes back on the stage and like maybe announces what he's going to do next. Yeah. It, it could be it could be the biggest one ever. That was my. Really- Yes, that was my exact pitch to the Francesicon guys on on Friday. I said, you should get in touch with him, have that be the announcement, the grand announcement. And that would pack Irving Plaza. And that would... Absolutely, again. (laughs) Yeah, or just do a smaller one in Mulcahy's. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, but let's go back to that. You, you think Irving Plaza's perfect, though. I really think that is perfect. But I'm partial to that. So yeah, you, did. You, know. you, you worked on the contracts to Irving Plaza. Now, is that part right. of your skill set or is this like a, this was like a side thing you're able to execute? Like you just always have a knowledge of booking venues. Not really. I mean, I just I, I just have a had a vision for it. I was I love Irving Plaza. I went to so many shows there when I was a kid, you yeah. know, and a teenager. And, and um, you know, when they said they were going to do it in a bar, I was just like, well, let's try to find somewhere like not too big where. You know, we did the math and I said, look, if you can sell 600 tickets, we're going to break even, you know, and they sold over 800 the first year and every year. So um, it was it was kind of like managing the risk. You know, I'm like a businessman. So, like, I look at risk. Okay, if we sign a contract for X amount of dollars and how can we if we sell X amount of tickets, then we can break even. And it was a no brainer that they were going to sell that many. It was especially with Mike coming. It was right. It was was, just going to happen. So it was cool. And were you at the first Francesicon? No, I was not at the first Francesicon because that weekend I had to make the choice because the day before that Francesicon was Mike's last day on Yes. And I wanted to go to the store to go see his last show on Yes and meet him because I had never met him before. So I had to like with with a family and kids, I had to, you know, I'm not like going to run to the city twice in one weekend, (laughs) you know, to go out and meet Mike. So I, I did not go to that first one. Good. I'm going to do this all in reverse order. So when did you first then when did, did you first become a Mike and the mad dog person, obviously, and then you just hung around for Mike? Cause I, I, yeah. I, I, I consider you like a synonymous, like excellent, like Mike Francesa fan. Like you are, you are what we're fighting for America. Like we're fighting for people like Mark to get, to get Mike known. I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I listened to back in the 90s, you know, I'm a big talk radio guy. I, I'm, I'm a big in, I was big into like WNEW when they had their talk format back okay. in the day, um, you know, political radio and sports radio. So I, I listened to talk radio. I mean, I think it's one of those things that connects people more than any other genre, you yeah. know, and my, and the man dog just clicked, you know, and then yeah. when they yes network, it was like, wow, okay, now you can watch <laughs> TV, you know, and all the craziness that goes along with that. And it's kind of built over the years that they went from radio to TV and radio to 
then becoming this internet sensation and having all like audio mango and all these guys running this side piece, the Twitter part of it. I mean, it really has evolved over the years. And uh, so, you know, I would say like nineties Yankees, you know, you always had to listen those, right. those days where Mike and the Mad Dog would go on after the games. I mean, that was tremendous. And the breakup was just like, it me was. and my buddies are just like, what's going to happen oh, now? Man. It was so heartbreaking. Like you couldn't imagine a lot, like a world after they broke up, yeah. you know, and, How's Mike going to do? And is he going to get another partner and all that speculation? I feel like almost 10 years later where we're living that now because it's like, what's going to happen with Mike? What's going to be the deal? You know? And um, so it's, it's just another element. And look, Mike was fine the first time. I think he's going to be fine again. If not, maybe take it to a different level, you know? And what did you think of Mike and the dog when they were both solo? Like when we were filling in for each other during their other's vacation, like how did you think of them like as solo acts before they broke up? Those were different days, you know? Yeah. It was just like, oh, okay. It's, I, when it was just dog, honestly, those were tough days. And when it was just Mike, <laughs> when it was just Mike, it was tough days because you got used to the interaction. Right. You know, Mikey, how you doing today? And like, you know, like, oh, dog, you know, okay. <laughs> you, you wanted that. It wasn't just a monologue. It was an introduction of like, this is the discussion of the day. You know, these are these two guys going head to head and discussing the, the comments of the day. And when they were alone, it, it changed it up quite a bit. And so that was, and that gave me concern that Mike was going to have a tough time proceeding on his own, but he managed to do it. Yeah. So. And bigger than ever. Um, did you grab onto the Mark Mongo name? Was there already a Mongo nation coined or did you help form this nation or did it just like spontaneously come to be? <clears throat> um, no, I mean, um, it, it, it wasn't something I was around it for at the beginning. I mean, audio right. and those guys oh, like, audio started it. it. Okay. Like they came from the Mike Francesa.com board and then okay. they started Twitter accounts. And, um, I kind of came, I kind of like fell into it, just discovered <laughs> these guys who were on Twitter. I mean, the original reason I joined Twitter was because after hurricane Sandy, yep. when you didn't have any power, no access to information, I was like, well, let me see what's going on with Twitter. And so, like, you know, we talk about storm mongos all the time. Sure, like, sure. It, it, I was a storm mongo before I was, like, a <laughs> freaking Mike Francesa Twitter mongo guy. So, like, I just came along and went along for the ride, you know. It was uh, – and it, there's just so many great people on there and so much fun interactions. Like, when I first got on there and, like, during the show and, like, everybody's tweeting. And Friday was – a Thursday and Friday was a great reminder of that, seeing yeah. everybody tweeting. going at it. Not going at it, but, like, just, like – you know, play by playing the show and the reactions to what Mike was saying yeah. and the guests, the callers. I, it was such a great like callback to those great like peak of Mongo Nation times, you know. And do do you think the Audio Mongo and Funhouse? Do you think they work well together? Are they in competition, or you think they're just like they're each do their own thing? Because I love Funhouse. Like back after this is like was so great at getting me like cuts of my calls into the station and the performances I've done and. Well, I think that it's 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 completely different in the yeah. regard that audio was there more of like the fan side of it. Okay. I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways to be a fan of Francesa, right? It's right. like you could be a complete fanboy, like a lot of us are, where yeah. it's like Mike's fan and everything else, yeah. and that's kind of what audio was coming from. But it was from a mocking place, like <laughs> we mock Mike, but it's because we like him. You know, it's like yeah. it's like when you mock him with your friends. Oh, you know, you know. Oh, wow, great, nice shirt, asshole. You know, like whatever. <laughs> curse on your podcast yeah, but you know yeah. and uh you do that because you you're friends you know and that was kind of the idea of like the mocking mike i think back after this took it to a different level like where yeah. he was you know audio sadly you know wfa and audio went away right. and he stopped recording after that because he was kind of told you know cease and desist right um 
I think back after this has done a great job, you know, yeah. doing his recording and, yeah. and he comes with his own approach to it, mocking yeah. Mike. But I think it's more from like a he can't wait for that next gotcha moment, you know, yeah, but we, uh, we mock him the superstardom. <laughs> he'll also be the first person to tell you that he's going to be sad when Mike goes away. Yeah. You know, I mean, it goes back to the, the movie Private Parts when right. they're ta- trying to figure out Howard's ratings yeah. And they basically say that the haters listen three times as much as the fans. <laughs> because so they want to know I, what he yeah. says next. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of how I, I – you want to compare like audio to back after this. Like that's how – that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. you know. And I have no – I like both of those guys. And I've, I've had plenty of messages with them back and forth on Twitter. Um, ultimately just good people who just like to have yeah. fun. So that's yeah. good. Now I like your role in the space-time continuum of Mike is you ended up in the studio – on I'm Fox confused. Sports, I right. would say I love the Fox Sports era only because my 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 ridiculous tweets would get on the air on the screen a few oh, times. Yeah. Like I called Mike about that one time. I was like, because Mike was complaining about tweets during bro- sports broadcasts, and I called him and I was like, <laughs> "You got tweets on your own show," and he kind of like he just hand waved me. He's like, "Okay, you know, don't worry about that." You know, but it was because yes. it's like my, my two was like, if I'm if I'm the Knicks and I'm and I'm sitting there at number four and I see Mike Francesa on the board, I'm taking him. I'm drafting Francesa. You know? <laughs> so they make that. But um, yeah, but you I want to know the backstory because you got an on air on TV interview with the man. How, how it was like a charity. It was like a charity thing that kind of came to be. What was the backstory on your interview with him? Charity for Fairfield University, where it was okay. Husler had donated it, Bob Husler. Okay. And one of the one of the members of the Mongo Nation won it and they had what they were gonna get it for a, a family member or something, and they couldn't use it. So they said, Here, do you wanna go? Do you wow. wanna take this, this thing? And I'm like, I, at first I was like, do, I thought that they were asking me if I wanted to go with them. And and then they're like, No, just go and you get a plus one. And I was like, of course I'm going to go, you know, and I took my best friend Berto with me. Wow. We're, uh, we're godparents to each other's kids. And we've been talking about Mike and the Mad Dog since 2003 wow. when we first met, you know. So it was always like, did you hear what Dog said on the way home? Or you know, always <laughs> Mike and the Mad Dog mantras. And it was so cool that we got to do it. And um, it all worked out perfectly because it was the like the last day of June. Right. And it was a slow day. If you remember yeah. the day before. It was the day that they did all Mets trades. They did Mets trades the entire show. There was nothing going on that month. There was yeah. nothing. So wow. <clears throat> I emailed Mons the night before, and I'm like, we're, we were coordinating the time and everything. And I said, you know, I did help with Francesca Con, so if Mike maybe wants to help me get on the air or whatever. And uh, he huh. was like, ah, you know, we'll see what happens. And then I guess once we got in there, slow day, we got there at 2 o'clock. Yeah. And they talked behind the scenes, and Mons came in the studio and said – you're going on the next segment. And I'm like, right. Okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't expect it to actually happen. And it was just such a cool experience being able to go in there and yeah, I mean, 12 and a half minutes on the air with the, with the Pope, you know, and you got, you in got the air, you know, A-Rod's chair. <laughs> and you got chair. to see the new studios and everything on Hudson. Yeah. yeah wow, it was nice. nice. Very, so very, very corporate. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine, um, cause I guess CBS is there or maybe 10, 10 wins or all the other, Wow. Yeah, when you get up to the when you get off the elevator, it's like CBS is on one side and then FAN's on the other side. They're all like on that same floor. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Excellent. And now, in subsequent uh, meetings with him, has he recalled that interview with you, or does he recognize he does? He does. Yeah, nice. which is pretty cool because nice. I've met him like four or five times since then, at least. So yeah, uh, yeah he remembers who I am, and 
even Julio now. I've met Julio a few times, and I've been like, oh, Julio, how you doing? Like, I, I've seen him a few times. He even remembers who I am, which is, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But. Yeah. I mean, I know Julio doesn't do, like, photos or anything, but I did give Julio my card at Bar A, and he's like, oh, I'll get the song right after. I don't know if he got the song, but he'll get the song. We'll see. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's uh, very, very, very cool guy. Yeah. And, um, oh, and ironically, today in the morning, I finally got a, a random message from from Mike in Montclair. He confirmed oh, my. Really? He added me on Facebook, so he could eventually be on the podcast. I don't know. All right. So we'll I'm so, I was shocked he didn't call in uh, the last day. Well, dude, everyone was trying to call in. I mean, were you trying to call, call in? I tried a lot to call in, and I was originally I, I hadn't really had the itch to do it, and I'm not really a big caller. I haven't called in a while. Yeah. Um, but I got that itch that last day to like just yeah you know thank Mike like whatever yeah. but. I, I tried a lot. I, I did. Yeah, try I was like lot. probably like two hundred times. I tried to get through. When I think the smart thing, like Mike, what Mike in New Haven did is he got in like on Tuesday or Wednesday, and he yeah. Got, Brian Buck, Brian Buck did the same thing, right? Like yeah. getting in early. Yeah, I think that was a smart thing too. I should have always like called him that one more time, but you know we'll probably run into him again. I'm, I'm more sure. intimidated by calling than I am by uh, go you know by going on the air because he challenges the callers. You he know, does. it's like. I, I don't really have any like hot takes that I need to tell Mike on the air. You know, it's like, and that wasn't what my appearance was about. It was just about, he wanted to like ask me questions and we talked. Like, I don't, I don't need to call up and like, give my hot take on Mike Stanton. You know, no. it's fine. Like, <clears throat> I'll do that on Twitter and leave no. it to the side. Yeah. I wasn't like bring anything. Like when I called in, like to, I, I just called in to let him know, like he had a song. If he heard the song about him. And instead, he's like, if you want to do Barre, I, I already I was like, I'm, I resigned to the fact that I wasn't going to do the show in Barre. He's like, if you want to do Barre, come on out, do Barre. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, so I booked that the game. That was so cool, man. <laughs> that, was freaking, that was an awesome day. And then like to, to, to see it, like the video of it, of My him sis- like laughing at your, show, at your song was yeah. freaking awesome. I got, it must have been an amazing experience for you. That was yeah. I said like, it was probably the best day of my career. I've had a couple of good days like that. I mean, my kid went viral with the WWE, and we went to headquarters in Stamford. That was great. But like, I dragged my sister down there with me. She, I got her to video it for me, which was great. So that was like her doing the video, and she got a good place to. But she was like so like wanted to leave. She didn't even like film my second performance, which I kind of want to see that because Mike was like cracking up during the second one. Oh yeah, I remember I was, listening to that live. Yeah, because I missed the first one. Because what they did with the second one, I think, like the first one's great, even though like my sound's not good in the beginning. You can hear the crowd throughout the song. In the second one, you really just hear me, so you can't okay. really hear everyone laughing unless it's like really loud. But but he he was he was eating it up like the for the five o'clock hour. Oh yeah, so no, he good. was he was all about it. He loved it. So yeah. That was cool. So so it was good, and uh, yeah, I, I, any. I don't know. Any any closing thoughts on, on Mike before I, I want to transition to you a little bit. But okay. uh, yeah, it's any, any, but. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to get back to more with Mark Baldwin. But first, let us talk about patreon.com slash funny Evan. That is the website you can go to where supporters like you can hopefully help out creators like me keep this podcast thing going. On a rare occasion like today, I'm about to turn out two podcasts in two days. I cannot do that all the time, and, uh, but if I could, it would be because of your help. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash funnyevan for as little as $1 a month, you can support the podcast. For $3 a month, you will get an Awkward with Army certificate for $5 a month. You will get an FMXL cell phone wallet for $10 a month. I think you'll even get... 
cell phone wallet and an autographed copy of my album, LOL. Uh, and the, uh, I guess the tiers go up from there all the way up to title sponsorship. No, I think I'm just going to start emailing rich people about being my title sponsor. Because I think that's, that'll be fun to be, to have that. Anyway, uh, patreon.com slash funnyevan uh, is a huge help. Um, even, you know what, even give 98% of what you plan to give me. Uh, because I think they take 2% on top of whatever you give. So just a heads up on that. But enough about this. It's time to get back to more with Mark. Okay, well, uh, then I'll ask you this kidding. now. The thing, well, well, the thing I want to ask about you is like you have, you have these kids. You have these, run, these kids that run. I want to know the background of this because I've been a runner. I ran high school cross country, New York City Marathon, Long Island Half. Like where, mm-hmm. where, like, where did the running, is that your wife's de- wife's, wife's deal? She got them into running or? Well, it's certainly not for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, my two oldest sons, their mother was a very decorated cross country runner. She went to college for full scholarship. Where did she go? To Jacksonville University. And so. Um, oh, in Florida. Got, yeah. Oh, cool. JU in Florida. Yeah. And so genetically they get it from, from, from her, my two oldest sons. And, uh. She's not around. She's she's not with us anymore. Okay. But uh, I I pressed them to do it. My oldest stuck with it. My second oldest doesn't doesn't run anymore. They did right. it in middle school. In high school, Patrick has has kept it going, and he's been tremendous. And he switched schools this year, so like yeah. he went from being like the big fish in the little pond to being the little fish in the big pond. But yeah. he's in a great program, and he's very very talented. So I'm very proud of him. What, what do you know? What what their times are right now? Like how old and like what kind of five Ks they're they're throwing down. Yeah, so Patrick's best time this season cross country was uh, eighteen twelve five k. Okay, yeah, that's pretty. Good. Oh, that was like me. That's great. Uh, yeah, he's 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 pretty talented. I mean, he he improved his time by a minute and a half this season. So that's oh, that's right. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, nice. Um, where else can we go to? You've you've I've we've speculated on his future. We know. I found out about the whole running background thing, which is good. Um, where in Jersey are you? North Jersey, Morris okay. County. Okay, cool. Uh, best places to go in Jersey. Like, uh, where, where's your music lie then? Like, I know you say talk radio is your thing, but where's your where's your music interest lie? All over the place, Evan. Yeah. I mean, I, I I've gone through. I love classic rock. I like hip hop. I yeah. like you know alternative, um, outlaw country like Johnny Cash, <laughs> Jennings. I mean, dude, I go all over the place with with musically. Like, I really do. I've I've had a lot of influences over the years. And a lot of stuff that I call back to often. Has so. Mad Dog made you a bigger Springsteen fan? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. As much of a Jersey guy as I am, yeah. I'm not a Springsteen guy at all. I think I think Springsteen is pretty overrated. <laughs> I think his I think his early stuff is actually really good, like Oklahoma and things like that. Or but Nebraska, you mean Nebraska? Nebraska, right? Right. <laughs> Different. Well, see, see how much of a fan I am, right? <laughs> Right. So like Nebraska that, but not really like the, the, a big fan of his whole catalog at all. Right. So, I mean, I respect his success, but yeah. I'm not a big fan. Okay. Uh, nice. Um, I guess any, any questions you have for me, this is our first extended conversation. Um, anything you want to know about me or is, are you good? <laughs> So will you be at Francesicon if it's going to be happening next I, I, year? I will find a way because I have to now. My I have an idea of what I would like to do for it. Uh, oh, it will cool. be an extension of what I've already done for it. Um, I have a second mic song kind of percolating a little bit. Okay. But from inspired from, inspired from going to my kids' uh, 
like school show and he's like five. Um, so okay. I'll see if I can pull that off. It's going to be a little more challenging than the other one, but right. uh, I would find a way to be there. And, uh, man, I, and did you see, uh, and you know, did you just know a uh, Casey from Newsday from over just from going to the events? Cause she was great. Oh, like yeah, the, seems, yeah. yeah I met her there at the, at the second one. And then, yeah, yeah well, I, Every time I see her, it's like it's like yeah. a family reunion over there at FrancescaCon with with you and Casey. Yeah. It's like all the regular people, you know, in the green room. It's yeah, it's so geeky, like to meet like and got, I got to meet Katie Baker, which was tremendous. Oh, cool. And all, I, yeah, that was yeah. The, at the second FrancescaCon, uh, we sat down for her article that she did for it, and oh, it was nice. so cool. We just sat there for like thirty minutes in the green room, like just BSing, and it was just like it was just like just like somebody like a friend that you known forever you're just talking to it's so cool so yeah it's it's great to go see everybody at those events and, and like it's like i said like a family or a class it reunion it is like a, i just loved like i didn't i had a couple of jokes for francesa con too and it just it just went really well the moment i said that john idzik wasn't here they loved it and i'm like <laughs> i have to do whatever it takes to come back to this event as many times as possible well, you know what? I give you a lot of credit because it's a tough crowd because everybody's kind of distracted. You know, there's a lot going on, you know, yeah. and like you've managed to like engage the audience, you know, like I think it, it, that's really saying something because it's very much like there's so much going on. Yeah. It's like really, they, I've enjoyed they, your stuff. They ate it up year two and year three. Like I did stand up, which was like so so. Like I was writing like Francesca Con jokes all year. Like, you know, wear your Francesca Con shirts a dating and then you'll know if she recognizes it, she's the one. You know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and uh and then I did like I think doing the Twitter thing was was fun. Doing like like uh what was it? What if I told you? We came up with like the tagline of the thirty for thirty. Oh yeah, uh, that was. Doing, I wanted to do another one, um, but I was wasn't able to stick around. How was the rest of Francesicon four? Like, with were you on stage for you were on stage for some of it, right? For like the yeah, imp- well, impression contest? contest. Yeah, the contest ended up getting pushed to like very far to the end, and yeah. so there was like fifty people still in the building, <laughs> and I and then they ended up calling me up to be one of the um, the the judges yeah. because. Uh, who couldn't make JJ couldn't make it. Okay. Oh no. JJ was there. Who couldn't make it? DA couldn't make it. Cause okay. DA was going to do it. Okay. Damon Amendolara. Sorry. I don't want to use the, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, no initials. No initials. Um, so yeah, we ended up doing it. The, 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 the contest was good. The contestants were really good. Uh-huh. And, uh, it was fun. I mean, I'm just out on stage. Like, I don't. I have no place. I do not belong here. You, you represent, but it was cool hanging out with, getting to meet JJ. He was very nice. That's he was nice. a good, good dude. Yeah, and I guess my my final uh, final questions, uh, my questions would be like favorite call or favorite micism you would that that rings true to you. Favorite call is still Renee in the Bronx with the tarp. I, I nothing that doesn't what, that can't top. I have to look this up. Well, I, oh, I, I probably heard the, it. I just don't. Oh, you you definitely have heard it. It's yeah. the one where he called about the Super Bowl, saying, "Can't you put a tarp over the stadium before the Super Bowl?" Yeah, like <laughs> and, they're and, fumigating and, for termites, maybe. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's like, he, and Mike's like, "You can't just put a tarp over MetLife Stadium before the Super Bowl." And he's like, "I'm not saying build it." And Mike's like, "Renee, Renee, Renee." Like that's still my favorite call. I mean, it's just so many. It's, it's spawned a million jokes, and of course, there's always like you know, Andy Pettit's a starting pitcher, which yeah. you worked into your song, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, I, I like the hello dear. Like, I think that's really yeah. funny. And it's something that like, I catch myself saying it like, thank you, dear. Like, thank you, whatever. And like, you know what I've noticed is that like, 
middle-aged women are like older women. Like yeah. if you're like in a situation, like, oh, no, no, it's okay, dear. I'm okay. Like, you can say, <laughs> dear, say dear. They like that. Like it's like, you know, they, they think it's like, oh, well, that's really um, – uh, and I think it was of all people, Lisa and Whitestone said that. Like, right. oh, you're being very gentlemanly by saying that. Yeah. You know, I like, said, oh, dear, you know. But, you know, I guess nowadays you got to be a little more careful that people don't take that the wrong way. You say it to the wrong person. Yeah, eventually we're just going to have ask, ask permission each time we speak. I think that is where we're going. It's going to be permission slips for everyone. Like, right, do you accept right. or decline? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a Skype request. Do you accept or, right. or accept this I'm gonna, communication? I'm going to say something, but first I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to need you an initial on the bottom right hand side that it's okay that I say this. We're going to run through the departments, and we'll we'll get the okay, and we'll see. Yeah, we're, yeah. I, I think we're in we're in an overcorrection time right now uh, with the political correctness. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like financial markets where they overcorrect or yeah. undercorrect. You know, we're. But it is what it is. I think if I was as mischievous as I used to be as a comedian, I'd be in a lot more trouble. But I think I've kind of grown matured with the times. So I think I'm okay. Uh, Let me ask you, as a comedian, who are your favorite comedians? I mean, Stephen Lynch let me know that guitar comedy was possible. That like you could do it and like do it in front of like a big audience. I mean, I grew up with Adam Sandler. Jim Carrey were like my guys. So they're amazing right. for me. And I love David Tell's stand up from uh, Skanks for the Memories from like his album 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten in touch. I like, I'm trying to discover new comedians. Like, I tried to watch some of like Hassan Minaj's uh, special on Netflix and uh, just like his, his, his delivery. Like, I just, I, I was good. I was like waiting for like, it was kind of like his White House uh, press corresp- correspondence dinner. Like, it was, it was pretty good for like, he didn't really click until he was like just riffing off of CNN and like how CNN is like just CNN. We're just watching CNN watch the news. That's all CNN is. Right. Breaking news. Is everything right. breaking news? <laughs> yeah. Right. One thing I do like, I do appreciate your, I like your political like flashback, like you're like replying to people on Twitter about like political stuff. I always think that's always entertaining. Oh, really? Oh, okay. yeah. I love it. Cause like, and also like, cause we were both people that, that uh, sided with libertarian uh, the libertarian candidate, which was for the right reasons to get like an extra voice, you know, right. to get the funding. We just want another voice. We don't, I, I think Gary Johnson, he's, he's like a, you know, he's like a libertarian force gump in a way. He has, he's very gumpy in. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Absolutely. But, but you know, the purpose of it is to get, <clears throat> it's like, he just, he just messed up on the whole like Aleppo thing or whatever it was. And he just couldn't recover. And it, and you know what that was of it is that he did so much, so many interviews, way more than either the, of Trump or Hillary did. Like right. he was on Joe Rogan. He did every single thing that he could possibly do. Right. right. And if you do that much, your sample size becomes so big yeah. that you're bound to make a mistake. Right. right. Yeah. And he goes on there and makes that one mistake with the Aleppo thing. And all of a sudden it's blown up out of proportion. And he went on a too knowledgeable like show. I think that's what his problem was. He was too knowledgeable. Well, <laughs> or he you know, get, he didn't get like the, the, the like the one like the cheat sheet of like every country. What's their situation? Right. And listen, he just doesn't have the resources to have like these briefings from like these people who are experienced in government. Like he's just running. He was just running his own campaign. And look, me voting for him was all about getting that five percent because yeah. I wanted the equal. I wanted the equal thing at the stand. I think we're getting really screwed over by the red, the red and blue ties, as Bill Burr likes to say, you know, it's like I I do this analogy for my students where I say, look, I have a car company and you have a car company, right? You make blue, blue cars. I make red cars. 
And all of a sudden somebody comes along and they want to make purple cars. Yeah. And you and I, I, I call you to a meeting. I'm like, listen, this guy's going to take away our market. Like I know I sell more cars one year. You sell more cars than I do the other year. But overall, we're still fine, right? So like right. let's figure out a way to hold out the purple car guy, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's what the Republicans and the Democrats do is because they have their little car companies. They make their money, right? Yeah. And as long as there isn't a third person making cars, they're in business. It doesn't matter, yeah. right? I win one year, you win the next year. Oh. What's the difference? And and either way, we're still we're still in bed with the same suppliers, the same uh, special interests. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah, I've it's, I've it's I've fun. toyed with going to libertarian meetings in uh, like Southern California. Like there's like a, they, they meet I think like once a month at an El Torito. <laughs> so I I I'm tempted to go just to see what it's like cuz I know like Samantha B did a feature on it like what it was like going to a convention and it was kind of like a a a mess like you got like the wizards yeah you got like the wizards and like the people that are like haven't like bathed in weeks and you know I just, I'd love to like participate in that more if there was like some if there's coherence among the group and I'd want to see if that's possible so yeah I think more that's is better I mean, I believe in like the core of the libertarian values, but I feel like if, if you were to, it's it's just like anything. Like if you took yeah. it at face value of like right. limited government is possible, right? Sure. That's what the core is. You can only go so far with that. You know, right. I, I believe in like more of a tempered back libertarianism where it's like, yeah. let's try to get the government out, but let's also yeah. still take care of people. Don't just leave them to their own devices because people left to their own devices is kind of a scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like I liked, I mean, I liked William Weld more than Gary Johnson. Almost. I liked the running mate seemed to really know his stuff, but he was like kind of the kind of guy that you would go to in like the reference desk at a library to ask for information and he'd give it to you. Uh, right. So we'll see what comes of, of what's next. Uh, but yeah, it would be nice to, you know, the thing is like, you know, the blue and the red, that's good color branding. The Libertarian Party branding is like silver and gray or brown. It's it's we got to rebrand it. We got to recolor it. And and kind of you got to kind of get some of the crazies out, you know, kind of yeah, yeah. make it if you can if you could come up with a way to mainstream it, you know, and right. take away like because, you know, the thing about I mean, I don't know how much we wanted to do politics today, but yeah, I'm happy fine. to do it. Let's do it. Um, the thing about this country is that like you have people on the far right, like the Bannons, right? And then you right. have people on the far left, like the Bernie Sanders, right? Yeah. They agree on a lot of the core ideas of what needs to be happening in this country. And the core right. idea is that we need to get away from corporate ownership and control of everything. Sure. We need to give more power back to the people. Right. We need to allow ourselves to be free and not controlled by the duopoly of the two political parties. Right. But they then go and disagree on everything else, right? So like <laughs> – they disagree on gun rights and abortion and all the other hot button topics that divide us. But at the core, there's a large group of people, probably 70 percent of people in this country that believe like we're kind of getting a raw deal, you know, and it's all shrouded in race issues. Yeah. And um, but it should be really more shrouded in class issues. Right. right? what class you're in, right? Right. Because all those 70% of people who believe those things, whether you're in Alabama, New York, California, Kansas, you're all getting yeah. mixed around by the system, you right. know, and the system is playing and controlling what's going on. But nice. we need to get past, we need to get past some of those other I hate to say petty issues, right. but issues that aren't as important as our freedom overall, mm -hmm. you know? And that doesn't need to be defined by 
whether you can own a gun or anything else, you know, it needs to be defined by core values, the actual core values of freedom and being able to control what's going on in this country and not have the top 1% control it all and give it all back to themselves. Sure. Sure. Um, Longo 2020. Yeah, I know. I would love to run, run for office with you. I think that'd be, that'd be really good. (laughs) I guess one question I could ask you then, do you think Trump is going to get reelected in 2020? Will he be eligible? <laughs> um, if he's listen, not impeached by I that time, think, do you think he's going to get reelected? I think is if he's still there, which I think is – I'm not one of these people who's put, running out yeah. saying that we need to impeach or anything like that because I think that's also ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so let's say he makes it. Okay. He runs. I just don't see a Democrat that's going to be able to fight his machine. Yeah. I don't see it. I you I, yeah, yeah. I, I racked my brain and you know what's so funny is that <clears throat> a couple of months ago I was trying to like make a short list and you, top of my short list was going to be Al Franken <laughs> would have been the, and what happened there you know like I, I totally pushed that enough. scenario and gosh and the it. reason why I thought that was because he's smart yep and he's he can deliver in a line you know he could he he could he, he, he can entertain and be smart at the same time. And yeah. that's got obviously not going to happen now. Um, I think it's yeah, I don't that see a good Democrat. They're saying the I'm very rock. disappointed. What? The rock. They're saying the rock is seriously considering. I think that's really, we're, we're, we're delving into some really dangerous it'd territory. Be like a WWE hall of famer against a WWE hall of famer. I would so pay to see that, but it'd be kind of sad, but you know, you never know. The WWE States of America. (laughs) Controlling the strings. Yeah. I mean, I've heard George Clooney's name bantied about, too, because he's been doing a lot of international stuff, you know, and um, aid to Africa and all this other stuff. So I've heard that name. But it's going to need to be somebody who can out-celebrity Trump. Right. Because that's how he won, was the celebrity and it the news organizations wanting to cover him so badly, yeah. you know, like they could have ignored the- him and it never would have happened, but they kept I mean, covering him. I watched, I watched CNN and they would have 20 minutes of an empty podium waiting for him <laughs> to come up talking about him. It's like <laughs> CNN, you can't be upset because you elected the guy, you know, like you're the ones who allowed this to happen, you know? So, yeah. but it's going to have to be somebody who can grab the spotlight and that's the only way it's going to work. And, you know, we've had a pretty strong, um, where incumbents win most of the time. I mean, look, yeah, going back to Reagan, Reagan, Clinton, Bush, Obama. They've all the only one who didn't win was Bush for the first Bush. Yeah. So it's hard for incumbents to lose because people are looking for presidential, right? They're looking for, yeah. can I imagine this person being my president? <laughs> and when the person's already the president, no matter what kind of job they're doing, it makes you think like, oh well. And kind of something, you know, it makes you doubt the other person. Yeah, so it's and it's tough. like four years of like free attention. It's like free press for like four years. You can't beat that. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. as much as I, you know, I, I, it is what it is. I'm not going to go into what yeah. I voted for. One thing I was going to say was like, I just feel like it's not fake news. I just feel like it's fixed news. Like I know we agree. They probably agree on a lot of principles, but it's almost like, uh, like Jesse Ventura used to say how the Democrats and the Republicans behind the doors, it's just like pro wrestling. They pretend they hate each other, but behind the closed doors, they love each other. They're friends. And, uh, you know, I just feel like they're just, they just have to keep the storyline going. Like, what are we going to, what are we going to push? What's the storyline? Let's, let's get the race storyline in this week or let's get the economy. And it goes back to the analogy that I was doing. Like, you know, 
okay, so one you know one year the Democrats going to have the belt, yep. and then the next year the Republicans <laughs> going to have the belt. Drop the right? belt. You got to drop the belt. It's today. okay. You know, I got money in the bag. I might come back to you. And, uh, <laughs> money in the bag. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. I don't watch a lot of wrestling, but money I do know that. Bank. That's good. Money in the bank is good. Like that could be like that could be Mike. It could be like Chris Carlin could be like about to walk into the Mike Francesa studio, and then Mike breaks runs in with like a money in the bank briefcase. And he's like, I'm okay. cashing it in. Sorry, Chernoff. <laughs> On the studio door, it's the Mike Francesa studio. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm coming back. It has my name on it. My name. Okay. <laughs> cool. So at Mark Mongo on Twitter, Mark Baldwin for people of Earth or uh, birth names. Um, yeah, but for the nation, it's at Mark Mongo. Nice. Th- any any anything you want to promote or uh, draw people to or just follow you on Twitter and all that fun stuff. I'm good. We just got to be patient now the next few months and wait to see what happens with the bike. God, yeah. It's sad. I got like, to promote. I'm just, I'm just a working man just doing my thing over here. Did you see his, uh, the intention he got at MSG last night at the Garden? Yes. That's great. Yes. That's great. For him to go there the next day, right after he retires, the that's king, big. The king of has arrived. A lot of folks are speculating he might go to MSG now as a, as a you know, and don't forget, they bankrolled this, the Radio City show, too. Mm-hmm. So if They can afford him. All power to it. I it's good. I got MSG Go on my phone, so I can watch MSG whenever I want. So that's good. There you go. Yeah, that'll be the thing. All right, Mark. Thanks for making the time. Stay on. Stay on. But for this interview, uh, thanks for coming on. Socially awkward. Okay, I want to thank Mark Baldwin for coming on. Socially awkward. Uh, great to have him because he is one of the true Mike Francesa fans out there, and we look forward to wherever Mike pops up next uh we are awkwardwithevan.com at awkwardwithevan on facebook twitter and instagram and again please write a five-star review for the podcast on apple podcasts or itunes uh subscribe and share and uh, go to google play stitcher tune in radio in the future uh in the meantime i don't know what else to say more more facebook friends are coming we are in the 60s we are getting almost towards mike francesa's age uh, and and beyond. So uh, enough of that. I also do want to thank the wife for coming on. Um, in the meantime, stay awkward. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Wexel.